Welcome back, everyone, to This Week in Fake Ball. This is, uh, what is this, episode 25. Yeah, we're at the quarter century mark. I am your host, GM of the uh, Arizona Greenbacks um, Commission. Uh, yeah, yeah, commissioner, actually. I'm declaring myself commissioner of the RBA effective immediately. Uh, because let's face it, JR sucks. Um, so since I'll be commissioner and GM of one of the teams, you can expect a lot more championships to come Arizona's way. But uh, it will all be above board, I promise you that. Today is December the 11th, 2021. Again, this is episode 25 of This Week in Fakeball. And, uh, well, I guess we can put JR to bed, although I do have this drop for him, and uh, this is an old one. You, you, you idiot, you, 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 you idiot. Yep. Uh, That one one never gets old, at least not for me. Um, So let's see here. So this is the uh, this is episode what thirteen of season two. This is uh this is the last episode of season two, aka calendar year twenty twenty one. As we uh, we're into the off season now, no no first round playoffs series have been played yet, so nothing to report on that front. Really, nothing to report at all regarding RBA twenty twenty one. I guess there were a few uh, trades that happened. Fort Duquesne has been selling players around the league, a couple to Arizona, but really not much to report there. So I'll just skip it. And uh, let's see here. All right. So I'm going to begin with an old favorite. I'm going to begin with something that I haven't done in five or six months. And uh, and it's this. Yes, it's audience participation time. Yeah. Uh, RBA trivia. Haven't done this in a while. Came up with an interesting question. The trivia questions, as you as you know, are, are generally pretty hard, but uh, I think they're at least fairly interesting. I think this one is. Um, here goes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and read the question. All right. So throughout the 21 year history of the RBA, seven first overall draft picks have been traded. Okay. Seven in seven seasons, the number one overall draft pick has been traded. Um, go ahead and give yourself, not that anybody is keeping track, but give yourself a point, uh, for every year that you can name that that happened, uh, a point for a point, if you can name the teams involved and a point, uh, if you can name, uh, the player selected with that pick and for, I don't know, a couple extra points or whatever. Um, there's a bonus one of those seven first overall picks that was traded was actually traded twice. So give yourself a couple more points if you can think of which one that was, year or player picked or whatever. And even though this trivia question goes back to the very beginning, um, it should be of interest to the the relative newcomers to the league because here's a hint for you. It's actually happened a lot recently that the number one overall pick has been traded. So a little hint, it's it's actually happened uh, a good bit recently, seven times overall since 2001, since the beginning of the RBA. We will come back to this trivia question at the end of today's podcast. Okay, so we don't have to talk about RBA 2021 because nothing has really happened. Um, but uh, so I'm going to jump right in to the replay series that I've been doing for a year and a half now at least. 
And I'm going to talk about RBA season 2012. That's where we are at this point. We haven't talked about 2012 yet, so we'll jump into that. 2012 was an interesting season. Um, the three-division era of the RBA came to an end at the end of 2011 slash beginning of 2012. No more Clemente division. The two teams were instead sorted into the Larkin division, which consisted of old rivals Elm Grove, Arizona, and Las Vegas, along with the Tingler brothers, Dunedin and Atlanta, and Baltimore. Those six teams comprised the Larkin division. Um, the Puckett division included Fort Duquesne, State College, Silver City, Pittsburgh, Orlando, and SoCal. And there was one, uh, there was one big, I guess you could say, personnel change in RBA 2012. The Orlando Calrissians um, fired, or whatever, uh, Adam Goodykunz. Adam Goodykunz resigned his ownership role in the RBA. He is in our Hall of Fame. Some of you might recall. Adam Goodykunz handed over his franchise, unfortunately, to Dave Goodykunz. And since the you idiot you drop was already taken, I use it for JR, of course, I had to come up with a drop, a soundbite for, for Dave. And here it is. That sounds about right. Um, anyway, <laughs> good old Dave. Um, so anyway... Uh, that's pretty much it though. There were no team like name changes, no teams moved cities or anything like that. Uh, no expansion, nothing like that. So we go into 2012, just kind of reshuffling the league into two divisions. And I'm going to go ahead and start by giving you the adjusted beginning of season scores. Okay. So post draft, but before the season actually started, uh, top to bottom, highest score to lowest to starting in the Larkin division. The Elm Grove Cardinals began the season with a 135. 120 is great. 135 is what you could probably call super great. Uh, not greatest of all time, but, you know, in the discussion, perhaps. How about this? Elm Grove's 135 compares, interestingly, I guess, to the Las Vegas effect, who had a 134. Dunedin, a 108. Baltimore, an 89. The average is set to 80. So a very strong Larkin division. Atlanta, a 73, the fifth best team, almost an average team. And then yours truly, the Arizona Greenbacks with a six. Yes, a six. I'll talk more about this Arizona team, but for my money, this is the worst Arizona Greenbacks team in league history. It is. It was just terrible. Uh, we were coming off a championship, and we were not going to repeat as champion. All right, now to the Puckett division. So Fort Duquesne leads the way in the Puckett at the start of the season with a score of 131 to Elm Grove's 135 and Las Vegas's 134 over in the other division. 131 for Fort Duquesne. State College had a good team again. It had been a while uh, since they, certainly since they had a really good team. 105. Silver City, 93, Orlando, 77, Pittsburgh, an 8. And that was not the worst team in the division because the SoCal Templar Knights started the season with a 0. 
If you want to know how bad a zero actually is, uh, let's see. Well, let's just compare the best and worst teams. So 135, which was Chad's score at the start of the season. Oh, you know what? Eh, I don't have that spreadsheet open. But anyway, a 135. Let me just do the best I can here. 135, um, you're talking about like a 50, well, you're talking about like a 100 to 103 win team over a full 162 game season. And a zero is just, <laughs> a zero is basically like a 51 win team or something like that. It's a it's 110 loss team, something like that. It's just amazing. Um, so we had three of the worst teams in RBA history, even at the beginning of this season. Arizona with a six, Pittsburgh with an eight, SoCal with a zero. This was not an expansion season. And we had three teams that knew they were going to be terrible. They didn't even try um, from the very beginning. I mean, three of the worst teams in, in history up to that point, for sure. So the season kicks off, gets underway. And after 20 games, some notable things. Uh, SoCal was five and 15. Arizona was 6-14, and 14, so that's the bottom of the league. But I think more interesting is that the great teams did not play like it. Las Vegas, only 10-10. and 10. Fort Duquesne, only 10-10. and 10. Elm Grove, 9-11 and 11 through 20 games. Things not panning out at all for these top teams in the league. These, I would argue, at least borderline super great teams, wherever you want to draw that line. So we played another bunch of games and at the all-star break so 42 games in out of 81 here's where we stood socal 12 and 30 i mean they were just tanking the whole time uh they were the worst team in the league easily uh at the top of the league you saw dunedin make a move 27 and 15 uh state college and fort duquesne both 26 and 16 and it's worth pointing out that Las Vegas was a disappointing still 22 and 20, and Vegas would ultimately sell off. And here are the final spreadsheet scores. So the trade deadline back then was, I believe, after round 54, which is two-thirds of the way through an 81-game season. And here are the final spreadsheet scores after the dust had settled on the trading deadline and everything. In the Larkin, top to bottom, Elm Grove, a 152. Not the greatest team of all time, but it's up there. I mean, it's in the discussion, at least if you're going to talk about the best few. And um, a 152, um, let me see here, uh, where where did that spreadsheet go? Um, that, that scales to a record of basically 107, 107 and 55. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Dunedin, a 110. Baltimore, a 93. Both those teams didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Elm Grove, of course, did, but the other two didn't. Atlanta, a 77. Las Vegas sold all the way down to a 68. And Arizona finishes at an 8. The Puckett Division. Um, Fort Duquesne, a 154. Uh, again, one of the greatest teams of all time. Silver City beefed up to a 119. And remember, they had played in the championship in the RBA in 2011, the year before. State College, a 113. Orlando, a 67. They sold off a bit. Pittsburgh, an 8. And SoCal was able to sell off, even though they had virtually nothing to begin with. They got themselves down to a negative 9. And a negative 9, you're talking about like a 49-win team out of 162. That is, uh, that is special. Okay, so we finished the actual 2012 season. 
here are the standings. Here's how it actually finished out. Um, in the Larkin, Dunedin was the winner with a record of 52 and 29. So not Las Vegas, who sold off, and not Elm Grove even. Uh, Elm Grove did finish in second place with 50 wins, 50 and 31, pretty robust record there. Baltimore, uh, very good kind of overlooked Baltimore team, this 2012 squad, 43 and 38. Looks like they may have, well, they may have underachieved a little, but it wasn't a great team. It was a good team. Las Vegas was the real shock, 41 and 40, um, hence the sell-off. Atlanta, 40 and 41, and Arizona goes 28 and 53. Uh, and if, if anything, that might have been overachieving, but probably about right. Uh, the Pucket Division, Fort Duquesne wins it with 53. 53 wins, 28 losses, best record in the league by one game. Not surprising they won the division. Uh, State College finishes in second place, and they get the fourth and final playoff spot, 49 and 32. Silver City misses out. They go 44 and 37. They were the first team out of the playoffs that year. Pittsburgh, 31 and 50. I think they definitely overachieved, but we'll see. Orlando, a very disappointing 29 and 52. Dave Goody Koontz, in his one season in the RBA, did not fare well. And finally, SoCal goes 26 and 55 for the worst record in the league. And I think they overachieved to win 26 games. In fact, their Pythagorean win loss was 22, which is incredibly bad. But here's the thing about SoCal. In the 2012 season, or let me put it like this, in the 2011 season, the season before, Baltimore had, I'm pretty sure, set the record for most anemic offense in RBA history. That team scored 247 runs in 81 games, basically three runs a game. SoCal, this year, 2012, scores 208, so basically two and a half runs per game. They finish about a half a run per game below Baltimore, the record holder from the season before. This offense was so bad, it's almost indescribable. I mean, how does a baseball team score two and a half runs on average per game? SoCal managed it, hence the terrible, really terrible Pythagorean win-loss. Um, other notable occurrences in RBA 2012. Jose Bautista won his second straight Most Valuable Player Award. He, uh, he actually tied Prince Fielder of State College for the league lead with 22 home runs. And again, he won this, his second straight Most Valuable Player Award. My MVP in looking at all this, my MVP actually is Miguel Montero of Silver City. Miguel Montero um, led, the, led the league. I don't remember if I voted for him for MVP, but looking at it now, I think I should have. Um, he led the league with a 391 on base percentage. He led the league with a 593 slugging percentage, meaning he, of course, led the league in OPS, 984 as a catcher. And he had the highest war, uh, wins above replacement, as calculated by JR, at 3.27. Over on the pitching side, um, Clayton Kershaw of Fort Duquesne led the league with an ERA of 1.91. He led the league with a whip of 0.87. He led the league with 146 strikeouts. He, uh, remember, an 81-game season. He led the league uh, in terms of pitching war with 2.1, and he, this was his first. He won his first Pedro Martinez Award, uh, which is best pitcher. 
uh, Cy Young, in other words, award. Um, not his last. And finally, the Rookie of the Year was won by, does anybody remember this? I highly doubt it. Craig Kimbrell, who actually split the season between Las Vegas and Elm Grove. Uh, Craig Kimbrell was a high draft pick by Las Vegas that year, I recall. Anyway, um, so the playoffs happen, and I'll just run through these very quickly. The Fort Duquesne Corsairs defeated State College. Not surprising. State College was very good, but Fort Duquesne was historically great. Four games to one. Uh, Dunedin defeats Elm Grove 4-1, to one, and I think that has to be considered a pretty big surprise. I mean, Dunedin could have, could have definitely won the series and obviously did, but I think 4-1, to one, a bit of a shock over that team, over that Elm Grove team. And then Dunedin in the finals faces off against Fort Duquesne, and it goes all seven games, and Dunedin wins their first RDA championship. They had lost in the finals back in 2009 to Las Vegas. Here they win in their, I guess, sixth season in the league, their first RBA championship. Okay, um, so let's talk about the re-replays, the replays that I ran actually last night or two nights ago. I think it was last night. I don't remember. Um, let me talk about the replay results from the 20 replays that I just ran of the 2012 season with uh, pitching rotations optimized and all of that. Okay, so here are the results. Winning. The Larkin Division, with an average of 100.7 wins per 162-game replay. 100.7. 18 playoff appearances out of 20. Notice they did not go 20 for 20. The Dunedin Clear Blues. Not Elm Grove, the Dunedin Clear Blues, with 100.7 average wins. Second place, uh, with an average of 97.3 wins. And 15 and a half playoff appearances out of 20, the Elm Grove Cardinals. So still a very strong showing. 15 and a half out of 20 playoff appearances, 97.3 average wins. In third place, surprising no one, a strong Baltimore team averaging 91.4 wins. They made the playoffs nine out of 20 times. So they were basically a coin flip. In fourth place, the Atlanta Avalanche averaging 78.6 wins. So a drop off. They did make the playoffs twice, however. And then the, uh, the emaciated, emasculated, um, whatever, uh, Las Vegas Effect team, the team that had sold off, averaged 68.9 wins and no playoff appearances for them. And the Arizona Greenbacks, no playoff appearances, obviously, 54.4 average wins. Arizona had the single worst preplay, or replay rather, of all of the teams, and it was in the very first one out of these 20. Arizona had one replay in which they went 44 and 118. They averaged 54.4 over the entirety of this thing. Okay, to the um, the uh, pocket division. Leading the way in the pocket. Now remember, Dunedin led the Larkin with 100.7, leading the pocket. Could this team beat 100.7? Uh, well, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs won it, not surprisingly, with 104.1. And they went 20 for 20. And they also had the best um, ever replay with a 118 and 44, the inverse of Arizona's 44 and 118. So, so Fort Duquesne will be the champion of this season, and they'll, they'll play in the champions match next time. State College uh, finishes in second with an average of 92.6 wins and nine playoff appearances. They were the Baltimore of this division. Silver City 
averages 91.7 wins and six and a half playoff appearances to put them in that same group. Uh, Orlando, 78.9, no playoff appearances though. Pittsburgh, 59.6, no playoff appearances. And could the last place team, which process of elimination tells you is SoCal, could SoCal finish below Arizona's 54.4? SoCal averaged 53.7, no playoff appearances. So SoCal is the ass of 2012 and they will play in the upcoming ass match. Okay. So that was the year that was 2012. SoCal finishes with the worst record. Fort Duquesne finishes with the best record. Same as in the original set of replays, actually, that I ran back, you know, a long time ago, back eight, nine years ago, probably. Um, so now let's get back. Uh, let's get back to RBA trivia. I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover regarding the 2012 RBA season. My team was hilariously bad, just hilariously bad. Um, it was it was special. All right, so let's talk uh, let's talk about RBA twenty. Uh, well, twenty I guess two thousand one through two thousand twenty one. All right, here's the question again. If it needs repeating, uh, seven first overall picks over the last twenty one years have gotten traded. One of them twice. Tr just name as many of them as you can. All right. And the hint was that it's happened a lot recently. Okay, so let's start chronologically from the beginning. Um, 2003 was the first time that it happened. Chicago traded the number one overall pick, or maybe what would later turn out to be the number one overall pick, I'm not sure, to Walla Walla. And the Koalas, coached by Adam Goodikus, took Roy Halladay, who would be a big pitcher for them for a lot of years, although he always seemed to underachieve, as I recall. So Roy Halladay in 2003. 2005, this was the pick that got traded twice. State College traded it to Elm Grove, who in turn traded it to Buffalo. And the Wild Wings selected pitcher Rich Harden. Rich Harden. In 2010, Arizona traded what would become the number one or what was the number one overall pick to SoCal. And that pick was used to take Pablo Sandoval, the panda, uh, 20, okay, now this is the interesting part, 2018, we jump all the way to 2018, meaning that it's happened in the last four seasons in a row. In 2018, Elm Grove sold that pick to Berea. Berea used it to take Sean Manaya, the pitcher. In 2019, Fort Duquesne sold the number one pick to Las Vegas, who used it to take Miles Michaelis. In 2020, uh, Middletown, sold that pick to Berea, who used it to take second baseman Keston Hiera. And finally, last season, everybody remembers this, I think. Um, it happened right there on the spot. Omdabad um, traded the first overall pick to Elm Grove, who used it to take pitcher Tristan McKenzie. So those are your answers to an admittedly difficult RBA trivia question, for sure. And next time that I fire up this, uh, this podcast, at least one of the two first round playoff series will likely have been played. I think Cooper and I are going to try to play ours within the next three weeks, um, something like that anyway. And who knows about the other one? So I will have some stuff to report and um, we'll pick it up from there. But yeah, I think, I think that's about it for now. And uh, enjoy yourselves going forward. I'm out. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.